Snowflake picked up on that, capitalized, built an execution framework, and then we brought it to market. We had to iterate on it. It was a new way of doing things. So we had to create different outbound strategies, create different messaging, identify what worked, and you had to iterate on this process because you're changing something, you know, something that's been done before, and it's a new way of going about doing it. And I think you guys are kind of right there as well, right? This, this ability for Snowflake to remove the friction, to collaborate with data and unlock the value from that data, that's kind of a newer approach. We're just getting into this. You're listening to Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. We're interviewing marketing leaders to discuss how they're using customer data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a special episode of our podcast, which was actually recorded in Atlantic City a few weeks ago during our company offsite in front of over 100 folks from the Simon Data team. We had the pleasure of having Snowflake on site, uh, and Tom Malloy, who was one of Snowflake's first go-to-market employees sat down with me for a fireside chat. On this podcast, we spent a lot of time talking about how data can be used to affect the next generation of data-driven customer experiences and marketing outcomes. Yet all this is predicated on the breadth and quality of the data that you have. And today, there's no better tech in the market to make this happen than Snowflake. Tom joined Snowflake eight years ago when the business was a total of 25 people. Uh, and today, Snowflake has over 4,000 employees worldwide. Tom serves as a Snowflake evangelist, uh, and today you'll hear our conversation that focuses on not just the future of Snowflake, but on the future potential of data more broadly. Tom, it's, it's great to have you, uh, you know, here today uh, you know, at our uh, you know, first offsite in, um, you know, I guess it would be nine quarters. Wow. Uh, you know, our last offsite was January you know, in, in New York, and it's actually probably our first offsite out of the city in probably five years, four years. Um, you know, it's been quite some time. I think our last offsite out of the city, uh, you know, Chet, I don't know if Chet is still here this morning. Uh, there's Chet right in front of me, of course. Uh, we went to Montreal. I don't know who else is there. Obviously, that was, yeah, but that was back in the day. But it's really great to have everyone here and, uh, and really to have uh, you know, Snowflake in. Uh, I know we had, all had a good time last night at the craps table. Good God. Um, you know, and, and, and so to kick things off, you know, Tom and I were, were, were talking uh, you know, last week uh, you know, about his experience. And you know, before I sort of you know, you know, go, too into that, you know, go too deep into that, you know, Tom has been at Snowflake for eight years. Eight years. Uh, you yep. know, so maybe you can just introduce yourself, uh, you know, what you're doing now. Uh, you know, a bit about your background and just sort of, uh, you know, do those, you know, start off with that. Sure. Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm Tom. Um, thank you for letting me come here, hang out and giving me a microphone. And, you know, it was a pleasure playing craps with all of you last night. I, I was one of the ones who lost money, though. So we don't want to talk anymore about the craps from last night. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm very fortunate. I've been at Snowflake for eight years. I was the, the 25th employee. When I first joined, there was no website. Um, we didn't have a CEO. Mike Spizer was still doing interviews. And I didn't really know what was going on. You know, I, I was I had sold data modeling technology before, but they were trying to articulate why this architecture was going to change the game. And I'm like, all right, you guys seem smart. Maybe I'll, I'll come on board. Um, so from there, I built out with Chris Degnan our, our first beta program. So I was responsible for Maine to Florida and out to Texas. And our primary objective was like, hey, will you please put your data in Snowflake and utilize us and give us feedback? Um, so we did that for a while. And then from there, it's just exploded, right? So I had to build out our first um, inside sales outbound organization. So I hired 15 people. I had to train all of them. Um, eventually, I moved into the field. So I moved to New York and I had media and entertainment from Connecticut down to Philadelphia. So all of media and entertainment, um, which was a lot of fun and a great industry to be in. I had a a lot of experience with like, hey, you know, what do we know about our consumers? How are they interacting with content? How can we utilize this to, you know, enable marketers to create and activate against, you know, different audience segments? And how do we monetize all of this? 
Um, and Snowflake was kind of at the center of that journey. And so it's when I learned about what Simon Data is doing, I was like, okay, that this is cool stuff. Like you guys are really doing some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, and then it just kind of got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as we scaled until I had just one account. And it wasn't even all Comcast. It was just like NBC. Peacock was managed by somebody else. Um, and Chris Stegman approached me and said, hey, you know what? Like you've had a great run. Why don't we move you into more of a, a strategy? Talk about how these applications are built on Snowflake and come hang out with you folks and drink beer and play craps um, and then have, and have these conversations. And so I took that role. Two months ago, three months ago, and this this is my first time. Wow! So thanks That's for having great. me. You know? yeah. Happy to be here with the new pastel shirt. And I, I got the pastel shirt, so I moved to Florida. There's this long running joke that like you move to Florida, they take all of your other clothes, you get like pastel polos and flip flops, and that's like all you're about to wear. So I made sure it was a. Uh, Rocking the Florida attire. For, right. so, I think, yeah, we'll make sure to set up the social media assets so yeah. everyone who's listening you know, can see the, the pinkness. Uh, I'm wearing a relatively boring you know, blue-gray uh, shirt today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but getting back to where we sort of kick things off, um, you know, really the you know, the big question we're going to be talking about today, you know, in this conversation is really just the evolution of data. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and where 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 did it come from? Where is it going? Uh, and really, you know, you know, what is the future of data as the backbone of today's modern organization and modern enterprise? Uh, you know, and hearing your story is, is really, you know, you, you, you know, it's really a throwback to, you know, to, to me and to Matt, you know, when we sort of first, you know, you know, decided on some of the technology principles of what we're doing. Um, you know, I'll admit, you know, our first data warehouse, you know, technology cho choice in 2015 was actually not Snowflake. We, we actually weren't really very familiar with Snowflake. It was an up and comer, but we knew that, you know, the cloud data warehouse, uh, you know, there was something going on there. Uh, you know, and we always looked at this technology that we've chosen as something which wasn't a great technology, but it was just enabled by the cloud. Uh, and it was just disruptive because previously, if you wanted to you know, you know, stand up a data warehouse, uh, you know, you had to sign a three-year contract uh, you know, with one of the legacy providers. Uh, you know, they could virtualize it, but it was a real lift and it was a real commitment and, and really just antithetical to what the cloud stood for, which was elasticity, uh, availability, um, you know, and not, you know, sort of multi-year, uh, you know, contracts. And for us, it's going to market, you know, we're trying to stand something up to, you know, show proof of concept, you know, wasn't something we were really going to uh, commit to. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to stand up. Exactly. And then like, you know, many customers that you were presumably selling into 2016, 2017, 2018, you know, our, our tech team just discovered Snowflake and they were like, hey, this is some pretty cool stuff here. Uh, you know, seems like it's more, you know, more performant than, you know, than the other guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like it has some cool bells and whistles. We'll try it out. <laughs> yeah, so we just built and built and built. You know, I remember talking with, um, uh, you know, Asher on our team who's been, uh, you know, here forever. Um, you know, and he was just talking about, you know, what Snowflake has brought to the table. And among other things, it actually was able to deprecate a lot of the old, uh, you, know, you know, ETLs and workflows that we had that were, your custom systems Hadoop-based. I think we used a framework called Mr. Job at one point, uh, which now I think is probably mostly deprecated, although please do not correct me if it's, it's not. Mr. Job. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's uh, <laughs> or, yes, yeah. yeah. A picture known as MR Job, you know, you say what MR used to stand for. I love Mr. Job. It's a yeah. great name. I'm, I'm down. It's exactly. Um, you know, but really it's, it, it's been very impactful in the business. And I think, you know, that's all the technology. The technology is cool. Uh, but really what I, you know, you know, I think really the focus of today's conversation isn't just the tech, it's what the tech enables. Yeah. Uh, and what that core infrastructure rather enables. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so maybe from there we can talk, you know, about, uh, you know, Snowflake's journey. Uh, I know when Frank Slootman joined uh, about two and a half years ago, that was a big moment for the business. Yep. Uh, we were talking about that last week. So maybe you can sort of just pick up the story from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on something really key there is that, you know, 
technology enables you to do things differently. And so when Snowflake was first founded, you know, Benoit and Terry looked at Cloud Object Store, they looked at S3 and they looked at EC2 and they're like, okay, we can design a new framework that can capitalize on this new technical capability to create a really differentiated solution. And that's how Snowflake came about as they sat down and they built it from scratch. Whereas that other tool I mentioned, they just, you know, took a legacy technology and they put it in the cloud. So it couldn't take advantage of that Take advantage of that scalability. They actually and bought one of the losers from the uh, the previous generation. They did. Enterprise they did. They, warehouses. Yeah. Traditional the shared nothing MPP. Get the exit, and yeah. then they packaged it. You know, into yeah. look at this. It's cloud native. No, it's not. This is a fork of a database from one time. Anyway, it was, but that's what made Snowflake so successful. There was a shift in technology. There was new capabilities that were available. Snowflake picked up on that, capitalized, built an execution framework, and then we brought it to market. We had to iterate on it. It was a new way of doing things. So we had to create different outbound strategies, create different messaging, identify what worked, and you had to iterate on this process because you're changing something, you know, something that's been done before, and it's a new way of going about doing it. And I think you guys are kind of right there as well, right? This, this ability for Snowflake to remove the friction, to collaborate with data and unlock the value from that data, that's kind of a newer approach. We're just getting into this. And you mentioned Frank. And when Frank came on board, I, so I knew Bob Muglia, who was our old CEO, very well. Like We went scuba diving. I know his wife. I knew him for years. And when you have a good relationship with the CEO of the company, like, that's nice. You like having a nice relationship. <laughs> and so when Frank came in, it was like, okay, Bob's gone. All right. And, and Frank is an intimidating character. Frank is no joke. He does not mess around. You can Google him. He's like the shark of, of uh, Silicon Valley. So Frank came in and his, he had tenacity. Like, and he, he there's a book called Amp It Up. And like, that's what he did. He just turned up the intensity of, okay, Snowflake, we're differentiated. How are we going to go to market and really disrupt things? So Snowflake 1.0 was, as Bill was mentioning, this data analytics platform, really scalable, really flexible, but we're focusing in on the tech itself and we're building a huge customer base by helping organizations modernize their data infrastructure. Snowflake 2.0 was when we realized, hey, to Bill's point earlier, you can, you can distribute data via Snowflake. And so we went to data providers, you know, folks like Nielsen, Comscore, who have their whole business model of helping organizations take data. And so we created this robust marketplace. And which is interesting during COVID, we had like really accurate COVID information about various statistics and you know, doctor's offices were able, it was, it was crazy to see the value that Snowflake's unlocking by helping organizations get additional data sets into their environment. That was Snowflake 2.0. Snowflake 3.0 is this new focus on applications. And that's really what Frank you know, has been pushing. And it's, it's the next step of what Snowflake can unlock. Because when you remove the friction of letting companies you know, own their first party data asset, and, and like we'd spend a whole 30 minutes just talking about this, this shift of why your relationship with your customer is your most valuable asset. Um, there's a McDonald's created an app that I use. They give me free cheeseburgers just so they know that I'm the one buying the cheeseburgers, right? I mean, it was traditionally franchised. They didn't know about their consumers, but they're like, we need to know this. Starbucks, the rewards program. It's all about what do I know of my consumers? How can I leverage that? Um, and so you guys are at the forefront of this, this new era where it's going to be uh, SaaS, what were traditional SaaS applications being constructed in a way where you own your own data. I can utilize, a I can utilize companies like Simon to get additional value from that, but I still own it. Um, and Frank has been like, oh, I'm just pushing it forward. And it's, it's been fun. So it's been intense, but great. I mean, great. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing story. You know, you know, you know, I always forget, you know, I don't know how many people actually know, but the 
business was founded by two Oracle engineers. Oh yeah. Um, you know, they, like, and, they built like 8i, 9i, 10g, 11g, like the core tenants of Oracle's. And if you guys don't know this, Oracle became a company because of its database. The database was the center. Data has gravity. They created the database and then all the other crap just revolved around it. So like that was their core moneymaker. And these guys were like, they built that framework. And so they came to Snowflake to rebuild. And how many Sorry. people here have seen Oracle's campus? Yeah. And what does it look like? Oracle databases. <laughs> yeah. So it's literally <laughs> five buildings that are just big you know, cylinders. Uh, you know, and so then it's, it's yacht the front. They have yeah, so like the, the days of virtualization hadn't you know, quite entered, and the, the days of actually installing their technology on top of a hard disk yep. uh, were very much front and center. But it, it's pretty amazing because uh, you know when I look at um, you know Snowflake strategy, uh, you know it's really one of, of, of building a unified database uh, you know that has all these rich capabilities. Uh, they entered the market, you know, really owning this analytical, uh, you know, sort of you know cloud enabled. Uh, you know, counterpart to the enterprise data warehouse, and then on top of that, are continuing to innovate uh, you know, more broadly. And I think it's you know, from a technical perspective, uh, you know, Snowflake's perspective is is look like Microsoft, Google, Amazon—they all have their proprietary data warehouse technologies. Uh, but we see a world, and this is sort of what we went through yesterday at the All Hands, uh, where the data warehouse doesn't have to couple you know, with your compute cloud. You know, in fact, you should live across compute cloud because you know customers have their data in multiple places. Mm -hmm. um, you know, customers won't be running on just Amazon or, or just Google. Uh, and furthermore, we see a tech, you know, technological capability you know, to actually build uh, a database layer on you know that is multi-cloud that can query across data that might live in Microsoft uh, and Google simultaneously uh, and abstract away those kinds of details. Yep. Uh, Seamlessly with, unify your data regardless of cloud. The vision of Snowflake. Yes. And, and and when you think about what that enables, well, like for a single org that has multi a multi-cloud setup, it enables that. But it also allows data sharing. You know, because if you have two orgs, one's on Google and one's on Amazon. Uh, you, know, you can share across the two, uh, and it also, and that's across, you know, across different, you know, different different businesses, and that's sort of you know, you know two point uh, But it also allows Snowflake three point you know, which is you know, which is you know, companies like like Simon Data that are built on Snowflake. Uh, you know, we happen to be on Amazon today. Uh, you know, but for our customers who are on you know, literally any you know any, any platform, we can seamlessly integrate with them as well. Uh, you know, so it's really transformative. So so Tom, maybe we can go back, you know, shifting gears for a second, and, and just talk about some of the cultural shifts. That you sort of seen, you know, over the last eight years, you know, maybe you know, maybe a fun story or two, just to you know reflect, you know, some of the technological changes if if they do reflect at all. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. So when we, when we first created Snowflake, I mean, I was there when we were doing the beta program. Like, so the the culture was a very small company. There was twenty five people. We could all go out to sushi, like in downtown San Mateo, and all of us just go. Everybody knew each other's names, families. I know Benoit's wife, his kids. We go skiing together. It was a it was a it was a little family. And people make all these like memes and jokes about oh, your company shouldn't be your family, and you know you got to separate your work. Thing. And yeah, that's that's mostly true. I think for like especially with larger organizations. But something early on, like we were all like really. Really, really good friends. In fact, I once brought like some kittens to the office, and Vadim adopted them like on the spot. Like, it was, it was like it was a it was a very it was fun. It was exciting, and we kind of knew that we were doing something transformative. And you know, organization scale, and you know, we used to be able to say hello to everybody. I knew everyone in their name, and then I kind of slowly got less, and then less, and then less, and then you know, and we became 
snowflake, right? I mean, I used to have like all the snowflake gear. Marchin, one of our founders, he like invented the vectorization of database query execution. He created VectorWise, like the fastest single node database out there. You can Google him. He's like super, super smart. Um, he was obsessed with making like the best swag. This was like his personal mission in life was like snowflake is going to have the best swag. So I had all this like snowflake gear um, and we, we found the name snowflake. So, yeah, I mean, the, the culture has been, it still is great, you know, in the, the pocket that I have, um, you know, you, we, we're doing really, really cool stuff. And the kind of conversations that I'm having now are just, it's incredible to be, you know, be part of this because it was just before it was like, all right, what are your data sources? How much data is there? This is how your infrastructure is going to be different. So now it's like, we're going to transform how businesses utilize their data to engage with their customer base. And it's going to have that much of an impact on the market. Um and so it's just, it's a, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And I think you guys are going to do that too. I mean, I, I fully believe that w the way you're embracing, like in using, Hey, you own your first party data. We're going to unlock the value. We're going to make it frictionless. You can engage with it. You can bring it back in. That is transformative. Um, it's very cool. And I'm like, Dylan and I are going to do some like sales overlap stuff because there's media companies that need your shit. So, um, but anyway, uh, really excited about what you guys are going to be doing. Got it. Awesome. Well, 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 with that, Tom, uh, you know, one thing we were talking about yesterday, and then we'll sort of wrap, uh, was really gets this notion of a next you know, tier of SaaS. Uh, you know, today, so much of SaaS is built on top of low-level APIs, uh, you know, really at the lowest level of the internet you know, you know, tier that exists. Uh, you know, really, our perspective around what we're doing, uh, and we see, obviously, folks in the case in categories where they're doing pricing optimization or uh, you know, supply chain analyses and operational applications, uh, you know, you're really thinking about data, uh, you know, as the, the as the base of the SaaS application tier, uh, and removing all the details around integration, removing all the barriers to data representation, removing all the uh, you know the, the implications around actually making the system operational, uh, and then building an ecosystem where it all works in a unified fashion. Uh, you know, that you know, very much is our vision, and uh, you know, I'm tremendously excited about the, the problem we're solving because you know the scope is huge, and for our joint customers, arguably, you know, customer data uh, and these marketing applications and customer experiences are the most impactful data problems they can solve as a business. Uh, you know, obviously, for for other sectors and uh, for folks who are not direct to consumer, there's another sort of whole world of applications that you know, you know, that's, you know we're expecting to co-evolve as well. Um, you know, but we're really tremendously excited about the potential. Um, yeah, I know the rest of today, uh, you know, you know, we'll be, you know, breaking off into groups and learning a whole much more. Yeah. It's going to be great. Lots of fun things that are happening. I mean, there are a couple investors. What was his name? Um, the, the VC that we were. Oh, Tom Tung is from, uh, Redpoint. From Redpoint. Yeah. I mean, he, he made oh, this. Oh, no, no, sorry. From, uh, no, that would be, uh, you know, the, the, the guy in Greece, Martin, Martin Casado. Martin Casado. He did this great talk about like, they're like, okay, what's your next hundred billion dollar bet? And he's like, it's going to be the evolution of traditional SaaS applications to be built on top of these data layers. So no longer will Workday be able to dictate that, no, you give me all your human resource data and then I'll tell you what you're allowed to to do it or you give me all of your data and then I'll like give you some back in ways that I choose. It's going to be no, we're going to be recreating these SaaS app huge, massive companies in ways that are constructed on top of people owning their first party data because that's like the really critical asset and regulatory for regulatory reasons you're gonna be sharing that. So anyway, but like that shift in the market is going to be substantial. It's going to be huge. Um and yeah, it's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, I, had, I just had a quick story that I wanted to tell. Yeah. So our very first paying customer was a company called White Ops. They're called Human now. It's all about like bot detection for marketing campaigns. And I had actually sent Chris Degnan on like one of his first trips to New York. And I was like, I had to book out his calendar for people that I met with that might be interested to talk about, you know, participate in our beta. And Degnan got lost. And he's like trying to call these people. He's wandering around the whole building. It was like a disaster of a meeting. I was very scared. But they turned out to be our first paying customer. Um, and at that point, we didn't even know how to price snowflake like there was no like this concept of a credit and how should we store for data it was like totally a black box but we knew we wanted to have a paying customer because we were looking for money and we needed paying customers so we're like whatever you want 10 grand unlimited snowflake <laughs> <laughs> unlimited we really quickly absolutely not <laughs> absolutely and we realized that oh they can just turn warehouses on and leave them on indefinitely and like like this is they will never be an all-you-can-eat snowflake model and uh it, tra it transitioned to like hey inventing a, a yeah 10 grand boom um but yeah this whole new model of consumption and Does that and, include stuff like data sharing after all their partners yes yeah they're big one all right you can't get that deal. I shouldn't have said that. But yes, okay. That, that was it. Was it was a lot of fun. It great. Really well, great. it doesn't sound too dissimilar for some of our early deals. Maybe yeah. not quite that yeah. generous. But <laughs> certainly the uh, the you know, the randomness of uh, you know, where the number comes from <laughs> Take this uh, is not foreign to us. Well, anyway, Tom. Uh, yeah, thank you for you know for coming and thank you for the entire Snowflake team. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap with this. And there we have it. Reflecting on my conversation with Tom, the cloud data warehouse today is quickly emerging as the center of the data universe. And with Snowflake leading the way, we're really at an inflection point that we've never seen before. I've spent my entire career working with data, and we're going to see massive disruption in the coming years in how data is used both to automate and to optimize core business processes. On this podcast and at Simon Data, uh, we're focused on core marketing applications. But the opportunities that we discussed in, in my fireside chat today with Tom really are much farther reaching than that. It's really tremendously exciting times ahead. So for anyone who tuned in today and wants to learn more about Snowflake, you know, you can go to snowflake.com. And really for everyone else, uh, you know, thank you for tuning into this special episode of the Data Unlocked podcast. Uh, and if you'd like to learn more about Simon Data, visit us on the web at simondata.com or email us at hello at simondata.com.